live from the District of Columbia. You are listening to the Black Fundraisers Podcast, a weekly podcast that celebrates, inspires, and equips black fundraisers to excel and positively impact black communities. With your host, Kia Kroon. Good day, good people. It's your girl, Kia Kroon, the founder and host of the Black Fundraisers Podcast, your weekly podcast that celebrates, inspires, and equips Black fundraisers to positively impact Black communities. I want to take a moment and quickly acknowledge and thank all of the new listeners and new subscribers. Perhaps you learned about me from someone in your network, or perhaps you learned about me through the recent Chronicle of Philanthropy article, which I just so appreciate the manner in which you all have been reaching out to me and celebrating me in that article. Y'all really know how to make a sister feel good. You know that? As I often say, you could be anywhere of your choosing in these internet streets. So I appreciate the love. Thank you so much. And to my regulars, you already know what it is. Connect with me on social media. Email me any feedback you have, show topics, ideas to blackfundraiserspodcast at gmail.com and visit my website, www.kiacroon.com to see what a sister's been up to in the nonprofit and philanthropy sectors. Y'all, before we get into today's episode, I want to quickly send a shout out to all the fellow Pisceans. Yes, it is our time. It is officially Pisces season. And a sister is feeling like big time blessed to be getting ready to celebrate another birthday. Look, as they say in my church, if the Lord willing and the creek don't rise. So just had to get that out. But I want to jump right into today's episode. Y'all, I got a major key alert for you. I'm sharing a resource, a wonderful membership-based community of female fundraisers entitled F3. That is Fabulous Female Fundraisers. This is a community designed with women of color in mind for women of color that are working in the fundraising and development space. It's all about empowerment, mentorship, And just loving on and celebrating women, practitioners and consultants working in this space. So today I am joined by Crystal Cherry, F3's founder, and three of F3's members, Ranisha Jackson, Wanda Scott, and Joa Johnson-Walker. They stopped by the Black Fundraisers podcast to share details on F3 and reasons you might consider joining this growing network. So without further ado, please stand by as I bring these beautiful melanated ladies to the Black Fundraisers podcast stage. Hello, ladies of F3. I'm so glad to have you on the Black Fundraisers podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Of course, what I'd like to do for the good people listening, because they can't see what I see. I see all of this melanin these beautiful Black women, fabulous female fundraisers. Just tell us an interesting and fun fact about yourself. And let's start with Crystal Cherry. 
Well, thank you, Kia. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here on your platform to be able to share a little bit about who we are and what we do. And uh, we appreciate you for being in this space. My name is Crystal Cherry, and I am the founder of F3 and just really delighted about where the network has has gone in the past three years. Um, A little fun fact about myself. Let's see. I once uh, pretended to be homeless in New York City as part of a a project that I was doing while I was in grad school. So I'm going to kick it to, I'm going to kick it to Wanda. Thanks, Crystal. And thanks, Kia, for having us uh, today on your podcast. Uh, my name is Wanda Scott, and I am a proud member of F3. And I also own my own fundraising consulting firm as well. And I was trying to think of a fun fact, which my brain doesn't work that fast. It's 9 a.m. in in California. Um, And so um, I will tell you, as a person who hates to cook, I love to bake. And I bake just about every week. I tried tons of recipes and I share them with friends and family. So that's not really interesting, but I think it's odd that I would hate to cook but love to bake. um, No, it is not because I love to cook. And well, I'm not going to say I hate to bake, but baking requires, you know, a little bit more attentiveness. You know, I got to have that Crisco. (laughs) <laughs> you know, to bake and some good pans because I messed up a couple of bunt cakes and I can make a pretty darn tempting pound cake, but a sister had a bad bunt pan and ruined my um, pound cake recently. So it requires some real, you know, attention to certain details and things. Not that cooking does, but it's in a different kind of way. Well, baking is therapeutic, I think. I like to bake, too. I'm, I don't like to cook either, but I will I will throw up some banana bread in a minute. Hey. <laughs> All right. I will pass it over to Renisha. Good morning. I'm so glad to be here. My name is Renisha Jackson, and I am a member of F3 and an executive director at City Youth Now. I have had the pleasure of having one of Wanda's cakes, which was amazing. So she can definitely <laughs> bake. Um, And one fun fact about me is that I love Polaroids. People think I'm crazy, but I love Polaroid pictures. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. When is the last time you beheld a Polaroid picture? I'm very curious. Just recently. So I actually have a Polaroid camera. And when we have events or we go out, I went to an outdoor concert. I have my Polaroid camera with me. (laughs) And I'm like, come on, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. That is cool. Hello, everyone. I'm Joie, Joie Johnson Walker, recently married. Last name is Langford now, but still going by Johnson Walker for the time being. Fun fact about myself, I was homecoming queen my senior year in college. And newfound fun fact, I'm going to have to try Wanda's cakes and Crystal's banana bread. And I'm going to have to have some of that pound cake. So that's newfound, newfound fun fact for today. You better rep that husband, that new name. I am not okay. bad about it. <laughs> better rep your new last name. I'm claiming my hubby. My, mine is on the way. I'm manifesting him. You can't see the vision board behind me, but he is on there. My next hubby he is on there so i heard that i'm gonna rep him too it ain't gonna be, it's gonna be kia chrome something i don't know what but we'll see so, ladies i'm so glad that you joined us because this is one of my favorite pastimes which is 
talking to black women, right? Whether it's about life, about lived experience, about work. I don't think it gets much better than talking to black women about something that I love, which is nonprofit fundraising and philanthropy. So that's like a double whammy for me. So Crystal, tell us what is F3 and what kind of benefit and value is F3 bringing to the lived experience of female fundraisers of color? Thank you. Thank you, Kia. So F3 is a membership network of, for women of color who work in the nonprofit sector. We primarily are fundraisers. However, there are some who have other functions, but related to fundraising. So we have some frontline fundraisers. We have some alumni affairs individuals. We have some folks who work in plan giving, a few executive directors. And then there are probably a third of us are consultants. And so some of us are working on our own working as fundraisers or board consultants. And so I think there's a nice mixture. There's a nice diverse group with all kinds of skill sets, which is what's awesome, you know? So the fact that I can call someone and say, I have a question about plan giving, or I know someone who knows about corporate relations, you know, or I have someone who's an executive director and I can say, how is it working with your board? And so I think being able to have all of those skill sets in one, in one group is a blessing and a gift. I agree. And it sounds like just to place a woman of color, a black woman, nonprofit fundraiser would want to be whether you are relatively new in the space or whether you're somebody that's very seasoned in the space. Like Wanda said, Wanda's been 10 toes down for 20 years, (laughs) whether you are uh, entry level, whether you are, you know, on a level. Right. You know, you can plug into this community and get something you need. There's something for everybody. And I think that it's valuable. And like I said, I didn't have that community. I had white people looking at me when I entered the field and telling me how much better practitioners they were in philanthropy and fundraising and Some of them were fundraising and leading organizations that benefited black and brown people. But we were really voiceless in the strategy and in the narrative. So I'm just happy that we're at a different space in time. How did F3 start? I love that Genesis story behind that. And you are the progenitor of F3. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk so, to, don't be modest about it, man. You got to put that out there. I'm not going to let you just skip over that. Well, you I appreciate that. Free. It started out about three years ago when I just called a girlfriend. I was having a bad day and I called a girlfriend, invited her to let's go out and have some coffee or tea or vodka or something because I'm ready to blow something up and I need I need a relief and uh, a release. And uh, so she met me and we just talked and laughed. And by the time we finished, I felt so much better. And I was like, oh, we got to do this again. And she said, yeah, we should. She said, let's bring, you know, let's invite some more people. So I was like, okay, let's do that. And then uh, we met again in another month or so, invited a couple more people. And then the next month we invited a few more people. And then the next thing I knew we had 25 people. We had to get our own room in a, in a restaurant. I was like, okay, what is going on? So I really just kind of evolved into this thing. And then, and then when, you know, when COVID happened, we, you know, we had, we were forced to meet virtually and someone said, you know, we should open this space up for 
women who are outside of Atlanta who might, since we're all meeting virtually anyway, why don't we open this space up for women who might be interested in doing what we're doing? And I was kind of like, what? What? What do you mean? <laughs> and um, we did. We just, I don't know, we posted it somewhere. And then people started reaching out to us and asking us how much it cost to join and what was the membership. And we were like, uh, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> So we quickly had to come together and uh, come up with some, you know, some quasi rules, if you will, about what the group was going to be. And we're still trying to figure it out. But I think we have evolved to now three years later where we have a solid we have a solid crew. I have a I thank you for that Genesis story. Right. The origins of that. And it happened. Sounds like it happened really organically and. I'm just grateful that I have those girlfriends that I can call and colleagues and, you know, folks that get me, that get what's going on. It's nothing like those check-ins, those informal check-ins, those talk me off a ledge moments. So with that being said, I want to go to the next question and open it up to the members here, Wanda, Joa, Ranisha. I would like for you all to kind of share why it's important to you to be a part of a community like F3. I can jump in. I heard Crystal say she tries to make it feel, you know, like a like a safe space and she tries to do she does it. I have from day one just felt so celebrated, so supported and just felt like, you know what? My needs are met as a black woman in fundraising because I'm a part of this bigger group. I really struggled with settling in and having imposter syndrome when I first started in my role as a fundraiser. And it's just because I didn't have a lot of experience, but also I live in the Silicon Valley area. And so there are not a lot of other black women fundraisers. And so when you meet this group of women from Atlanta and you like, wait a minute, this I'm not by myself. I'm seeing other people that look like me. It's life changing. And it has definitely propelled my career to just have these these beautiful ladies in my corner in my circle and then constantly feeding in to me in different ways so not just professionally but you know we have a book club and um, there's a retreat and there's a lot of different things that go on and so it is very wholesome and so crystal you are not trying you are doing it and i'm so grateful for f3 i, I would this is wanda i would second it you know, I have been a fundraiser for over 20 years. And so uh, coming into associations are always a little tricky when you're a little bit more experienced. I find the big value in this group for me as someone that has been fundraising for a while and then started my own business is that one, there's a network of women, black women. And I want to say that black women have a very unique experience in these spaces because we deal with intersection of race, gender, and just blackness, right? And I live in the Bay Area and there's a there's a, a very strong sentiment of anti-blackness, even among people of color. And so to be able to tap into a group of black women that are unapologetically black. So, I mean, the, the we learn a lot, we laugh a lot, we are very much sisters on these calls. Um, and, and Crystal also had the bright idea, very great idea to have a consultant lounge which for me has been invaluable to be able to meet with women quarterly that are in business, share information, share ideas, laugh, talk, you know, you know, all the things that you don't necessarily get when you're another in association. So I feel like, you know, this kind of layer of a, the very specific experience of black women, this network of experience. So there are 
people in here that are experts. So it's not just we're together because of race. We're together also because people know how to fundraise. And that's really important. And then this idea that you can create community and you do have support. You know, I don't feel isolated as a consultant. I know that I have a network of people that look like me, similar experiences doing this. So I find it very valuable and just a blessing. And Crystal's wonderful. I mean, I, I don't know how she does it all, honestly. <laughs> and you know, to add, I found F3 at a time when I was hungry for fellowship with women in this field who look like me. I I think in 2019 did a Google search and was like uh, women of color, development, fundraising. And I found maybe two or three groupings, F3 being one of them. And I cast a super wide net. I'm like, I want to be a part of everything, right? I want every, I want, I want all of the tea, all of the goodness, all of the black girl magic. And one thing that I really love about F3 similar to other organizations that I'm a part of, is that it's super cozy. You know, I think Wanda and Ronisha mentioned it and hit on it a little bit, but the fellowship, the being able to be in a space and say, oh, I know Wanda, we're in the same group, or see Crystal here, and then see Crystal speaking on a panel in another organization that I might be a part of. And I'm like, oh, I know Crystal, that's my girl, you know? So even beyond the professional development, being able to build solid relationships, you know, who knows what the future may hold, My husband and I, I'm in Jersey, Jersey girl. Uh, My husband and I uh, have talked about moving down south in the future. And Georgia is on that short list. So for me to be able to relocate and have a community of women who look like me doing the same type of work there is comforting. I think someone mentioned mentorship. Crystal mentioned mentorship. I was able to gain a mentor, um, Adriana, through F3. We talk about the work stuff. We talk about the politics stuff. And we also talk about marriage and kids and life. And it's just so fulfilling to be able to go deep with people who not only understand the language and the work, but understand what it means and looks like to be a Black woman in 2022. So I'm super grateful to F3. Can I jump in for a second? I want to just clarify that while most of us are Black and African-American, we um, we we welcome women of color. So we have two women who are Hispanic uh, and we have one woman who is of Native American descent. Um, and so I want to clarify that it's not just Black women. You know, we, we really celebrate women of color. And then one of the things that I think uh, Joao just touched on is that there are a few other women groups. And we all kind of came into play around the same time. And um, one of the things I, I, you know, I share with our members is, you know, join them all. Like, you know, every, I think every group has its own personality and its own flavor. F3 is certainly going to be here, whether, you know, whether these groups are around or not, and we're going to do our way, right? And so I, I intentionally try to keep the group small. You know, some of our sister organizations have 1,500, you know, 2,000 members. I think knowing that people are in your corner and supporting you and they see you. You know, we see each other when we're doing good things. And then when we have, you know, life issues, somebody's in a car accident, somebody's mother passed, somebody lost a job, whatever, then we're there for them then, you know. And uh, every day, one of our members puts um, uh, inspirational scripture in our group group. And every morning, we all wake up with, with some scripture. Like, so it, it's more than just career. You know, it really is trying to help women in their everyday life whether they're at work or at home. And that's really what I envision when I think of this group, so. 
and celebrate and applaud you. And one of the things that I really appreciate having learned, just hearing you ladies discuss your experience is the fact that you've got budding entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or consultants. And I think that it's really rich to be able to lean in and share best practices for elevating your own business, for instance. Yeah. And I think, you know, what we all discovered is that, you know, just because you're a great fundraiser doesn't mean that you're a great business owner. Right. And so we all came, you know, excited, ready to hang out our shingle. And we realized there were some things that we needed to put in place that maybe we didn't have, you know, no experience in. And so having this consultant lounge that, you know, that we've created that we get together once a quarter and all the consultants is about 13 or 14 of us out of our group who are consultants. We all come together and we share. You know, what what invoice system are you use? How do you manage your time? When do you have meetings? What do you do if you have a client who doesn't pay? All of those things. And so and then just how sometimes how being a consultant working for yourself is just hard and can be a little lonely, particularly if you have a home office. You know, so you're sitting in your office day in and day out, day in and day out. And particularly with COVID, we haven't really been doing a whole lot of in-person meetings with clients. And so sometimes you just need some camaraderie. So I know a few times here in Atlanta, a few of us, me and Carla and Adriana and Tony, have just said, look, let's just hit the street. Let's go have some lunch and get out of our houses and have an opportunity to have some fellowship. So, yeah, so we've become, there's some of us who have become friends. And we just understand the space that we're in. So when we, when someone says, let's hit the street, I need some sunshine today. Nobody questions it. It's like, I'll be there in 30 minutes. So yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice little perk of, of F3. So I'm hearing from you ladies that there's tremendous value in plugging into this community. I'd love to hear from the from members represented here. Given your experience with this community, this growing community and network, the support you receive, what advice would you give other women of color in fundraising or looking to go into fundraising? Yeah, I, I'll jump in here. What has worked for me or what I've learned is that it is okay to be authentically yourself. Um, Ranisha, you mentioned, you know, the feeling that a lot of us newcomers or, you know, less seasoned folks in the field might feel, which is that imposter syndrome, because we're kind of sizing ourselves up to our counterparts who might have been doing things longer than we have. Be yourself, show up authentically you because it's a relationship business and people will rock with you because of who you are. So that's what my advice would be. I would also say, um, put yourself out there. There are people that I have connected with over the past couple of years because everything is virtual, um, because they, you know, in the chat box, they said, hi, I see you have a lot of experience in this. I'd love to talk to you. And I connect with them. And, and so I feel like as you're in these different spaces, make sure that you're reaching out to people that look like you and maybe even people that don't look like you, but, you know, have a sincerity about supporting you in a specific type of field. Um, make sure your network is broad and wide and networks can be very, very diverse. So I think it's really good as you're coming into your own to also be looking out for people that you you like their career. You like where they worked. You want to do that type of work. Send them a, a message. I don't know how many people have sent me messages over the last couple of years just by being more visible online and doing things because you're going to need 
all of those people. And uh, at some point in time, in some way, and you can in turn be of support to them. So I just think, just put yourself out there, get a broad and wide network, because you'll never know where you're going to live. You never know where you're going to be. And you never know how you could actually bring some value to an organization just by being in the room. So I think that would be my advice, as well as the being yourself coming authentically. Yes. And I would echo both Wanda and Dra um, about what they said. I am a very introverted person. And so it, it's not, um, doesn't come naturally to me to go and introduce myself to people or to put myself out there. But being authentically me and and being in a space that i felt comfortable in is how i actually met crystal it just it just came together and then when i was introduced to f3 i just felt so at home so it really is about giving yourself the opportunity to step outside of your comfort zone but at the same time not trying to pretend to be someone or something else that you're not being who you are and knowing that the right places and spaces and people will come because you are emitting your authentic light I'm loving this and I agree with all of the points that Wanda Jawa and Renisha have lifted up, cast that net wide, put yourself out there, right? Find your tribe. I think that these are really, really important things and why I'm so excited to be in fellowship with you all and in relationship with you all is because I agree. And I personally feel like all of what you've mentioned is really necessary to, like you say, raise your visibility, raise your engagement. And I feel like as black women, and even when this is true for women of color, we're socialized not to kind of do these things. It's kind of made, we're kind of made to feel as though it's kind of a dirty deed when you dote on yourself or you share some kind of achievement or accomplishment that you've made. Um, I actually spoke to someone a few weeks ago who was not an ally, who, you know, asked some questioning around, um, you know, like how I promote. And I had to level set the brother and say, you know, I'm a champion of sisters, women of color promoting what they're doing and getting active on social. Because if you don't talk about how dope you are, and if you don't talk about what you're building, like how are people going to know to politic and build with you if you're not putting yourself out there? So I'm celebrating the fact that you all are disrupting, you know, this myth that we should kind of be seen and not heard. No, you're going to hear about how dope I am, even if you have to hear about it from me. And I keep encouraging other women of color to talk about it, too. So I'm I'm sold. Sign me up for F3. <laughs> Sign me up. Thank you, Kia. And I, you know, I try to tell our members to, you know, don't keep your successes a secret. You know, it's okay to brag about it. And, you know, they know me. I'm all over the internet. I, you know, I'm unapologetic about what I'm doing. I've worked hard to get where I am. And so if I'm speaking or I'm doing a webinar or if I'm on a panel, I'm going to put it out there. And I can't tell you how just doing that has, first of all, helped me to kind of just kind of secured my own brand. And then second of all, how many people have reached out to me, whether it's for a referral, whether it's for, you know, they want to hire me, whether they, you know, they have jobs that they want me to post. Um, and so just 
putting myself out there and being vulnerable, right? Because you are vulnerable when you put yourself out there, but unapologetic about, because people will say things like, girl, I see you all over the internet. Yes, you do. And you will continue to. (laughs) Exactly. You will continue to. I don't plan on stopping until I go to be with Jesus. I tried not to make it just about me, Kia. So when my girls are doing something wonderful, I post it out there, too, so that the world can see who they are and and why they should be uh, wanting to be in their network. So, yeah, I'm with you. Can I add something to that? Like, I think like I come from a family where you don't toot your own horn, which uh, Crystal has a toot your toot your horn Tuesday, <laughs> where she does promote folks. So I do. I come from a family of where you just don't talk about it. If you have money, whatever you have, you just don't really talk about it. But one of the thing, the ways that I've shifted my mentality around that is saying that the services, the experience, and the talent I have is going to help somebody, and it's going to help that organization. So it's not necessarily about the fact that I'm doing all this, or I just got this, or I did this, it's really about if you connect with me, if you engage with me, I will help you. And my intention is to bring all that experience that I've had over the last 20 years to your particular project. And so I think sometimes just shifting that rather than seeing it as self-promotion, trying to get people's money, right? Increasing sales, but really, I mean, that is a part of it as well, right? You have to make money. We all have to make money. But how do we also shift that mentality so we realize it's not just self-promoting. You have something to offer. I want to pivot to our bonus question round. And in the spirit of Black History Month, I informed you ladies that, you know, this episode is part of our Black History Month programming. And our theme is Black Resistance. And we're celebrating Black resistance here on the Black Fundraisers podcast all month long, hell, all year long, because we can, right? So with that being said, I would like to hear from each one of you. And if you would share your name, just because, you know, we know the good people listening can't see us. And I'd like to know, who would you lift up this month when you think about past and present heroines? particularly Black women, what's one that you would lift up this month? And just in the spirit of the good of the order, I'm going to kick it off and I'm going to say Angela Davis, right? Why am I saying Angela Davis? I'm lifting up and celebrating Angela Davis because I believe the sister was right and she knew what she was talking about when she said that people like us, People in general who endeavor to change systems, to do equity work, to change the world, to affect social change, you have to take care of yourself. And she stresses how self-care is a radical act. And I believe the sister knew what she was talking about when she said it back then in the 70s. And I believe that it still rings true today. And as Black women, we got to take care of ourselves. And I'm going to just stop talking there because I want to hear who y'all are lifting up and celebrate. Well, Kia, this is Crystal. And um, I think I want to lift up, I was giving it some thought and several names came to mind, but I think I'm going to lift up Wanda, uh, Wanda Cooper-Jones, who was Ahmaud Arbery's mother. Um, I had the pleasure and honor to work with her um, recently. I, I helped to um, identify and seat her board. Um, um, a few months last year and um, 
really, really got to know her and have been so inspired by her tenacity and the fact that, you know, after her boy was killed and they tried to sweep it under the rug, she just would not, it just did not sit well in her spirit. She kept reaching back out. She was calling people. She was doing the research. She was on the internet. She made some connections. She realized that something was awry and she just was not going to let it go. And because of that, because of that, that tenacity and that determination, it finally hit the airwaves and people started seeing and hearing what was going on. And then, of course, George Floyd happened. But she had she just been one of these mothers who had quietly went, you know, went into a corner and just grieved, you know, quietly and just said, oh, well, my son is gone. Uh, we would have never known the true story. I just want to give her a high five because I know she's been through it. Um, this last year, and she continues to go through it. But nonetheless, she comes out for the camera. She's poised, and she speaks eloquently, and she still talks about her boy. So I just want to lift her up now. If you are a believer, whoever, lift that sister up and keep her in prayer, because this is hard to watch even now. Sure. I'll lift up um, the late Dr. Gwendolyn Goldsby Grant. She attended my church, so it it means a little something. Uh, But she was a um, psychologist and a columnist for Essence magazine. Philanthropist, but not in the traditional sense. She didn't necessarily raise funds, but she raised awareness about Black women's sexual health and awareness. And I feel like, especially during that time, and even today, some topics are still taboo. And as I'm, oh, this is Joie, by the way, I'm sorry. <laughs> and as I'm growing and learning the new things and changes about myself, I'm grateful for pioneers and advocates who weren't afraid to speak up about things in a time where maybe it was improper to talk about, you know, women's sexual health. This is Ranisha. I want to lift up um, my aunt. Victoria Jackson Stanley. She was the first Black woman and first woman and first African-American mayor of my hometown in Cambridge, Maryland. And I'm lifting her up because she, you know, fundraised politically, but also making changes where it, it really matters. I mean, all the work that we do, it matters, but systemic changes are what we really need and what we really need to see. And just, um, being able to see her experience as a black woman in politics and and setting the standard for women and black women um, in politics has been very inspiring to me. And so I always lift her up every Black History Month. And I'm going to cheat and give two, but I won't give a long explanation. Um, The first would be Wanda Johnson, who is the mother of Oscar Grant, who was murdered by a Bard police officer in Fruitvale, which is Oakland, California. She is still fighting the fight, still pulling together, doing a lot of fundraisers out here, doing a lot of awareness. And is just really, really a soldier in this, in this, in working on a better criminal justice system. And then the second person would be Dinah Becton, who is the first black woman and first black and first woman in Contra Costa County, which is out in the Bay Area um, of 137 year old, 137 year history. She is going up for reelection and just a phenomenal woman who has done a lot around restorative justice and really reforming the criminal justice in this county. So um, I'd like to lift those two women up. Well, you know, you've heard the expression, we are black history. I love it. I do. And I'm so grateful for everybody's contribution. I'm just grateful to have those exemplars, those reminders, why I go so hard the way that I do. 
centering on those inspirations, I thought it was important to do that and just kind of celebrate resistance, the resiliency of Black people. We survived the Middle Passage. We survived the transatlantic slave trade. You know, folks gave us neck bones and chitlins and, you know, we learned how to put some pizzazz on it and, and make it a meal. You know, you give us lemons, we got some good lemonade for you. I celebrate our resiliency and I just want to take a moment and thank each of you for joining. Good people listening, I will share the deets on F3. Any parting words, Crystal, for the good people listening? You know, to my sisters out here, you know, we, we got your back. You know, find yourself a mentor. Find yourself a tribe like us. Join F3 or find a group that you feel you know, it's more fitting for you, but find you find your community because it's going to be it's going to be tough. And having that support is going to be it's going to make a world of difference in your experience of whether or not you stay in the fundraising field. So don't don't try to do it alone. You heard the fine woman here. Do not do it alone. Don't go it alone. And you know what? You don't have to. Right. We're here to support you along your journey. And with that being said, I just want to tell the good people listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed our Black History Month program. And I hope that um, one of the episodes resonated with you. And I'm just delighted to close this series out with just some melanated sisters like myself that are doing the good work and fighting the good fight out here in these streets. So with that being said, good people, stay tuned, stay down, and keep your head up. Thanks for listening to the Black Fundraisers Podcast. Like what you're hearing? Subscribe to the Black Fundraisers Podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and leave a five-star review. Connect with Kia on LinkedIn. Instagram and Twitter to stay connected.